true cause I'm all in it First name Terrence, last name Bennett And it's not a gimmick It's just me being me That's that T-E-N-T It's just me being me That's that T-E-N-T Yeah T-E-N-T Yeah to each and every one of you my name is terrence bennett and this is tnt sports podcast episode number 46 and this morning i have new orleans baby case broadcaster coordinator of all team travel and sale corporate advertiser tim grubbs again tim thanks for taking time to be on my podcast well no problem it's great weather outside so i'm, I'm happy to talk baseball whenever you want to all right awesome so tim can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself well, I've been uh, with the, the ball club here in New Orleans for the last uh, 17 seasons. This is my 17th season. Of course, the first uh, 15 where we were the New Orleans Zephyrs and then uh, switched the name to Baby Cakes uh, for last season. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I've been broadcasting baseball for, for the ball club here in New Orleans for that time. I also, uh, you know, do some broadcasting uh, for ESPN3 and uh, for Cox Sports Television. You know, doing some college baseball, college basketball, a little bit of college football. So, you know, I'm pretty well versed in, in, in those sports and, and certainly enjoy being up in the booth and, and broadcasting and calling what I see down on the field. Okay, awesome. Now, before we get started, just a little information about the New Orleans Baby Cakes. They are a minor league team based, um, in, based in Metairie, Louisiana, a suburb of New Orleans. The Baby Cakes play in the Pacific Coast League, the PCL, and are the AAA affiliates of the Miami Marlins. So that was just a little info about that. So real quick, we're going to go ahead and get into it. So Tim, now you said that you embarked on your baseball play-by-play career straight out of Robert Morris University. Then you headed for the big leagues. So how, how did you get into broadcasting? Well, you know, I, started, uh, I, was a, I played all the sports. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played a little bit of football when I was in my youth. And really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, my parents and my grandparents, my older brother, we, we were big into sports growing up. And uh, I think I got to the point where I was in high school where I realized that I was probably, uh, it was getting over my head, I was, you know, and I had to tap out, you know, where I was just uh, not going to be as good as everybody else. But somehow or another, I still had aspirations of, you know, being in Major League Baseball or, or being involved in, uh, you know, at the, the, the highest level or being involved in sports. And I just, you know, just grabbed a microphone and, and decided, you know, that maybe what if what if I did this, you know, rather than just try to be on the field and actually perform. And uh, I was pretty fortunate at the time that I was in high school. I, I went to high school just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, that uh, we actually did our high school football games. We actually did a full-scale broadcast, um, and they, they recorded it on to what at the time was a VHS tape. And then they showed it on, like, the cable access channel on Monday night. 
um, so everybody could watch, you know, the team's football games. They also did basketball games, did occasional hockey games. So that's, and I was actually going to, so I started doing some of the camera work and then worked my way into the booth as an analyst and then worked my way, you know, to be in the play-by-play guy. And so I was able to be exposed to that at a pretty young age. So I've been basically broadcasting, uh, you know, sports since I was around 15 years old. Okay, good deal. Now, can you tell me a little about your career and how it started until this point with the baby cakes? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I told you I got started in high school and then I, I went away to college and, you know, I, I still did a little bit, did, you know, when I was in school and then, um, you know, my last year at school, I, I basically, you know, I realized the kind of, I want to really work on baseball. There's a ton of minor league baseball teams out there and I got some advice from some people that, you know, that's, that's the best way to get into broadcasting and get into sports. You don't just jump right into a job at ESPN or right. just jump right into a job with NBC Sports and become the next uh, Al Michaels or, you know, <laughs> Marv Albert or, you know, whoever along the line, Bob Costas. So I had, you know, I had put together a little bit of a tape uh, sitting in the stands or sitting in the press box, at, at, you know, in an empty booth at Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh and had myself a little cassette recorder and just broadcasted a few games. Um, and then I, you know, edited it and compiled it to be able to put together some highlights so I could prove that I could actually do this for a living. And I, I got an internship with the Hickory Crawdads in, in North Carolina. So uh, as soon as I was out of school, I, I went down there and, and did some games with them. And then I moved on and, and actually worked a season doing sales and public relations for a hockey team in, in North Carolina in Winston-Salem. And then that digressed into becoming the broadcaster for um, the Winston-Salem Warthogs. Uh, so, I mean, there, and my path was started. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a quick year right out of college and, and, and right into the world of broadcasting and right into the world of sports. And did, did two more years in Winston-Salem, then moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. Did a couple of years there with a double-A team, and um, I was on my way. And then uh, moved here to New Orleans in the fall of 2001. Okay. And who are some notable baseball players you had the pleasure of working with or interviewing? Oh, there's been quite a few, um, you know, quite a few over the years of, of some great guys. Uh, you know, some of the you know, Chris Bryant came through here a couple of years ago with the Iowa Cubs. Javi Baez came in a couple of years ago with the Iowa Cubs. Jake Arrieta came in here uh, a couple. Of years. There's a couple of Cubs, uh, a couple of uh, you know New York Mets guys, Carlos Gomez and Mike Pelfrey and Phil Umber who threw a no hitter you know, in the big leagues a couple of years ago, came through here. Obviously, a name that people are familiar, Alex Bregman, came through here a couple of years ago with the Astros AAA team. Um, so I saw him. Dallas Keuchel came through with the Astros, saw him. So, I mean, the list of, of – there's probably a guy on every major league team that, uh, that I've broadcast or I've met or have interviewed somewhere along the way. Um, so it, that's what makes it fun about this job is, you know, even though we're in AAA – you, you, you really, I mean, there's some really good players that we're watching out there on the diamond on a night-in-night basis, whether they're playing for, you know, us or whether we're playing against us, you know, playing for the opponent. Okay. Now, I got to ask you this. Now, how did they come up with the name New Orleans Baby Cakes? <laughs> well, I was uh, a little bit involved in the process, but not a ton, you know, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think what they did is they realized that Zephyrs didn't, you know, didn't mean a, lot, a whole lot to the people of New Orleans, and it kind of had gotten, uh, I don't know, vanilla or gotten stale maybe over the course of 20-some years. So 
they, they asked fans for input, um, and I think a lot of people thought that king cakes would be really good, and, you know, and, and, and a lot of the minor league baseball teams, you know, a lot of the minor league baseball names out there are crazy. I mean, our double-A team in the Miami Marlins organization is the Jacksonville, Florida Jumbo Shrimp. Um, and, you know, obviously there's a, there's another, there's a single-A team in the Marlins that are the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Um, there is uh, some teams called the El Paso Chihuahuas. They're in our league. Um, there's a team in Montgomery, Alabama. They're called the Biscuits. Yeah, no I think a lot that. of people really, food for some reason seems to be uh, the flavor of the most recent times. And I think everybody was thinking around here, you know, beignets, you know, would be cool. But I, I don't know, uh, you know, where that goes. And, <laughs> and king cakes is, you know, obviously a huge tradition with Mardi Gras. Yep. Worked pretty well. And, and obviously... To be able to own uh, a name like that, you know, some if I called you on the phone and said, that, uh, you know, I'm with the New Orleans King Cakes, you'd probably think I was with the bakery. So yeah. they kind of flip, you know, they kind of flip some words around to make it work. And, and you know, instead of being the New Orleans King Cake Babies, you know, they, the, the term baby cake was invented and it was born. And then that's basically where it came from. And, you know, obviously we've got the purple, green and gold in our logo. The, the traditional Mardi Gras colors, and then we have, you know, and, and it works. I, I mean, I know people, it's, it's taken some time for people to get used to, but uh, I, I think, I tell you what, living in New Orleans and, and going to a lot of Mardi Gras and St. Patrick's Day parades this off season, I, I saw our logo out there quite a bit. It, it looked good, so, I, you know, it's something to be proud of. Right. Yeah, I'm from, Al- I'm from Alabama. I live in New Orleans now, but when I found out about the Montgomery Biscuits, I was laughing. It was funny to me. <laughs> that's a, you know, and that's one of the highest-selling merchandise teams, the Montgomery Biscuits. So they're out there. I mean, Hickory Crawdads, uh, you know, my first team, still sells a lot of merchandise. Obviously, people in North Carolina, they don't eat crawfish. They put crawdads on their on the end of their fishing reel, and that's how they lure in some bass and some trout. So, I mean, di- you know, different cultures are different. You know, I, I was kind of rooting that we would be the New Orleans crawfish or something along those lines. When we started the process, but I think when it was all said and done, uh, pretty happy with, with you know with the baby cake name. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so next up, what do you do to prepare mentally to call a game? Um, you know, there's a lot of prep. You know, it's obviously talking to guys and stuff like that, and you know, obviously there's you know there's some research involved and different things like that. You know, it's come a long way since my first year in broadcasting. You know, with Google and, and the laptop and all that sort of stuff, being able to just get on the internet, being able to uh, get some research on guys before you were reading media guides and read books and all that sort of stuff. And now a lot of times you can just uh, plug a guy's name in and different websites and, and go from there. So I mean, with baseball, it's a pretty slow-moving game, as, as we're all aware of. So when a guy comes up to bat, you want to be able to say that, uh, you know, the leadoff guy is, you want to be able to say just his stats or his age or where he's from. And, and if you could put an antidote of what college you went to or maybe he was an MVP in the SEC, you know, back in 2015, or you could throw a couple of nuggets in like that. It, it helps liven up the broadcast. And, and it personalizes the player a little bit. That you realize that, you know, it's not just the left fielder for the baby cakes or the right fielder for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox that, you know, this guy here played college baseball, you know, you know, maybe he had a great game against Tulane if he came through, you know, in the American Conference, or, or maybe you remember him playing against LSU, or maybe against UNO along the way in, in, in the Southland Conference, so, you know, and it, it personalizes the guy, and it kind of gives you an idea of, you know, it's, it's tough to get to Major League Baseball, very difficult to get to AAA, 
and these guys all have stories, so I, I kind of try to bring that to life. Okay. And how do you balance traveling with the team to different cities and being a family man? It's tough. It's, uh, you know, we just got done with our first road trip, and my wife is great about it, and uh, we have our little daughter at home. It's definitely it's hard to, um, you know, to be away from them. But at the same time, I, I tell you, FaceTime is a real blessing and, a, and an invention that is awesome because I can see her every day. And, you know, obviously with the cell phone, you can call whenever and, and keep in touch. But it's, 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 it's a grind. You know, we play 140 games in 148 days over the course of the summer. Um, we're home for half of them and I'm on the road for half of them. And even when I'm home, I'm not home. You know what I mean? We're in the ballpark. You're not spending that much time at your home when, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So it, I enjoy the day games. You know, obviously it gives you a chance to, to have dinner at home and, and become a true family person at that point. But it, it's difficult along those lines. But at the same time, you know, hey, it's a job. And, um, you know, it, it, I probably have to tip my hat. The balancing more goes on my wife because she has to, to pick up the brunt of the load than I do. But more difficult on her than it is me. But at the end, uh, I think we make it work. Okay, cool. Now, like I said earlier, I'm from Alabama. I've been living in New Orleans almost going on five years now. But how do you like living in New Orleans, and how how long have you been in the um, Big Easy? Yeah, I've lived in New Orleans now since the fall of 2001. Um, so I, I've been here um, 16 years, going on 17 years, I guess, when it's all said and done. And obviously, as a, as a kid that grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you know, as we speak, it's, you know, 70-some degrees in New Orleans on a sunny day here in April. In Pittsburgh, it's, you know, 35 degrees and there's snow on the ground and people are still shoveling their driveway and bundled up. I don't miss that weather at all. I mean, <laughs> I still get up north in the off-season, still get up there for holidays. Uh, my wife and her family are from uh, uh, Iowa, so we get up there, too, in the off-season and, and, and it's fun for a couple of days, but you know, to live in that kind of cold weather and snow, and uh, it's 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 certainly uh, you know it's it's rough. And I, I certainly enjoy the great weather down here. Obviously, it gets a little hot. We're getting under that time where I'm going to be like, ah, I wish we were up there. But when it's all said and done, I mean, you think about it, the off season hour, the off season weather here in New Orleans, other than a few days, and I know it was a lot colder this winter than normal. Right. Uh, but still, when it's all said and done, that doesn't. That doesn't compare to what living up north is anything like it. Yeah, I'll take a couple of cold days, a couple of close to freezing temperatures compared to six months of freezing temperatures and, and snow on the ground and, and dealing with all that. Okay. Now getting off baseball a little bit, let's get into the New Orleans Pelicans. They're doing a, they're going they're doing phenomenal even without Boogie Cousins NBA playoffs. They won last night against the uh, Trailblazers and made them two and zero. Do you think they would make it out the first round? I, you know what, if you would have asked me this question five days ago, I probably would have told you I think they were going to push Portland. But when it was push comes to shove, I thought that Game 7 would probably go Portland's way. But after watching the first two games, and I got to see a good bit of it, the way our schedules work, obviously it's probably a combination of the way our schedules work, plus, you know, with them being on the West Coast, I've been able to see most of both games. And I tell you, I'm surprised and I'm excited about what the Pelicans have done. And, I think they are going to get past the Trailblazers. So the fact that they were able to, you know, win the first two on the road up there, and that's a difficult building to play in. Right. You know, now that we're coming home, now I think the question is, you know, can you wrap it up at home? So, I mean, that's, 
Yeah, that's that's the question. But I, I you know, first things first, you gotta you gotta win the series. So, uh, you know, Anthony Davis has proven that uh, he's you know him and Drew Holiday are really proven to be MVP MVP type players. And they've been a lot of fun to watch. They really stepped it up in the postseason. Definitely. And speaking of Anthony Davis MVP, do you see him getting the MVP over James Harden and LeBron James? Probably not. Um, you know, and I, I think Drew Brees runs into the same issue. Yeah. You know, playing in New Orleans. You, you don't have quite the spotlight as, you know, some of the other teams, you know, at the other levels. I mean, it's amazing as great of a career Drew has had with the Saints. And even though he's won a Super Bowl, he's never won an MVP. And I think a lot of times he's overshadowed by some of the bigger markets, by, you know, the New Englands, the New Yorks, the, you know, and those types of places. And, and how the national media looks at uh, players from small markets, you know. And I, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, James Harden probably – you know, what the work he did last year, I mean, he came so close to getting an MVP last year in how he raised Houston, and obviously Westbrook won it a year ago, but I think Harden's going to win it when it's all said and done. As much as the, the uh, NBA fans and the NBA media loves LeBron, I think this time it's going to go to James Harden, but I tell you, Anthony Davis certainly is not going to make it easy. And I, I, it's a regular season award, so I'm sure the ballots are already in, but he certainly, uh, you know, maybe some. Sometimes it's a two-year award. I mean, I think what Harden did a year ago vaulted him to the point where I think he's going to win it this year. And maybe what Anthony Davis did this year can maybe he can duplicate it next year, and especially with Boogie possibly coming back at some point, you know, depending on his health and so forth, free agency. I mean, maybe they can make it work for, for the next season. But we'll see what happens. Right. All right, so now we're going to get into who that nation. Uh, how do you feel about the New Orleans Saints this upcoming season, especially seeing how close they were last year after winning the NFC South Championship? You know, it's it's their schedule's a little more difficult, but it's always hard to engage that in April. You know, I mean, the NFL is one of those leagues. You look at your schedule in, in April, and you're like, oh, we're playing. That, that team made it to the playoffs. That team made it to the playoffs. That team just missed it. And then the following year, you know, you see what happens. It, it's an ups and downs. I think some of the I, I think they've really improved their defense, and I, I tell you, they've they made some major strides. You know, I was one of those people, and going into last season, I was thinking eight and eight, nine and seven was based best case scenario. But those young players and that draft last year, that that's going to be a draft we're going to talk about probably for years to come because it's really been a great draft, and uh, you know those players really benefited. So I think the team is is definitely heading in the right direction. I think the one problem and the one hiccup, and this happens in the NFC South, it happens in a lot of divisions, but I swear it happens in the NFC South more than any other division as a, as a football fan, is it seems like, you know, when the schedule gets more difficult, when you play that first place schedule because you won the division the year before, those teams always, like, it seems like the division champions never repeat. Um, you know, obviously the year that the Saints made it to the NFC Championship, right after Katrina, they got tripped up the following year, and then it took two more years before they made it back to win the Super Bowl. Now, I think they did repeat the year after the Super Bowl. Um, actually, they did. They went in as a wild card and, and, and lost to Seattle. So it's hard to repeat in the NFL as division champions because of the strength of schedule yeah. and, and because of the expectations. So um, I, I do think they're, they got a good shot. You've obviously seen Atlanta and Carolina had gone to the Super Bowl the two prior years, and they did not repeat. So it's a difficult thing, but I think the Saints have done the right thing. And, uh, you know, with defense, and, and we'll see what they do in the draft. Um, and I think they, they didn't make any stupid investments in free agency. It's the one thing I, I think they, they've fallen into that trap a few times. 
in recent years, and it's good to see that they didn't do that this time around. Okay, awesome. Okay, Tim, that's all I have. And again, I appreciate you for taking time out your busy schedule to be on my podcast. No problem. It was, it was fun. It's always good to talk sports. And, uh, hey, if you want to come on out to a ball game, anybody listening, cakesbaseball.com. Uh, we got fireworks every Friday. We got uh, drink specials every Thursday for Thirsty Thursday. And we got a lot going on. So I hope to see everybody come on out here and, uh, and check out some Cakes Baseball at some point this summer. All right, cool. Can you have you have any shout-outs or anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, it's just hopefully this, this team can keep winning. We had a big <laughs> win last night, but uh, – Hopefully we can keep it rolling and, and hope to see everybody come out here to the ballpark and, uh, you know, scream out and go cakes. Okay. So, again, thanks, Tim, for being on the show, man. Thanks, Terrence. Good talking with you. Okay. This is TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 46. Good morning. You are now tuned into TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Benny. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it. Welcome back to TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 46. Now we're at the closing point of the show. Again, thanks to Tim Grubbs from New Orleans Baby Cakes. Um, again, go please check them out, man. The games are actually fun. I enjoy myself every time I go. I will be going again very soon. Uh, so definitely check out New Orleans Baby Cakes. Um, and also, man, my social media platforms, my Instagram is at Mr. Underscore T underscore ENT underscore sports. And my Facebook is T hyphen ENT sports Facebook page. Uh, my Gmail is TNT sports 14 at gmail.com if you ever want to reach out to me. And my Twitter is at T underscore ENT sports. So definitely feel free to hit me up or hit me up and um, if you need a shout out or just want to know anything. And also, I'm having a back to school drive, first annual TNT sports back to school drive in my hometown of Trial, Alabama. I'm gonna bring a, I'm gonna bring a little New Orleans swag down uh, and um have a good time for the kids, man. Backpack drive. So anybody that's want to donate backpack, school supplies, all that good stuff, please let me know. Reach out to me on my Gmail account, TNT Sports TNT Sports 14 at gmail.com. Um, let's help the kids out, man. Do something positive for the city of Troy, Alabama is needed. Um, and again, man, just a lot of stuff coming up, man. A lot more interviews, man. Again, thanks to Tim Grubbs. Uh, big shout out to New Orleans Pelicans. They doing their thing against the Portland Trailblazers, man. Hopefully they're going to pull out this v, this victory against the Portland Trailblazers and get out of round one and go to the next round. Uh, also, man, definitely I'm ready to start talking more about who that nation coming up soon. We got a few more, a lot more, like 20 more Sundays, I think. 19 more Sundays left to the NFL season start back. Uh, but other than that, man, that's it, man. Um, this TNT Sports Podcast episode number 46. Good morning. Y'all have a great day. Uh, kids learn something in school. Y'all stay blessed. Good morning.